welcome to the Reliance Community Podcast. Worship with us on Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock or 10.45 a.m. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Somebody say God is faithful. Somebody say steadfast. Do you believe it? I believe it. God is good. He is faithful. He is steadfast. He is sovereign and in control of all things. Come on, amen? Hey, um... Last May in 2020, I know we don't remember a whole lot of that the entire year, but I actually spoke on what worship is, and we talked about this idea of ascribing worth unto the worthy one. It's literally the definition of worship is ascribing worth unto God. And we, we talked about the value of which he showed us by sending the ultimate gift of Jesus Christ, blood shed on the cross that we might receive. He showed us the value by sending the gift of eternity with him. Come on, amen? He showed us the value by sending the gift of Jesus, and in return, he's asked us to ascribe worth unto him, the worthy one. You know, I, I, when I first got my first guitar, I truly understood value. I was 15 years old and played this attic guitar that was like, um, it was just this piece of junk, beat up, hardly stayed in tune. And my dad could play Smoke on the Water and Pink Panther, and I thought he was amazing, I'm going to be honest. And it stirred me to like, ooh, I want to do something. And next thing you know, I picked up a chord book, started playing some chords, and joined a youth worship band. And and I'll never forget, I was 16 years old, and I used to go to this guitar store that we had in Fort Collins, Colorado, called the Northern Rose. It was beautiful. And the cheapest guitar they had in there was $4,000. It was crazy. And they, they, they decided to bring in one Taylor guitar. It was a Taylor 510, and it was $2,700. And they, they considered that their budget brand. I just thought that was funny. $2,700 is a budget guitar. And anyway, I used to go in there and I wouldn't touch anything because of 16. The floors would creak and the, the guitars would smell all pretty. And I just love that store. And one day I'm walking around with my dad downtown and I wanted to show him this shop. But anyway, I go in and, and I'm playing the, the Taylor guitar because I, I didn't feel as guilty playing the budget guitar, right? And anyway, uh, my dad's talking to the owner and about 10 minutes goes by and he comes over and he's like, Matt, if you could, would you buy that guitar? I said, oh, yeah. And he's like, do you want to buy that guitar? I was like, yeah, right. He's like, hey, I talked to the owner. He'll sell it to you for 1500 bucks, but you have to come in here and work for it and pay it off and just pay little by little, and, and you can have it when you pay it off. And I was like, are you serious? And I was so excited. And so we made this deal, and, and all of a sudden, I, I worked at Kinko's at the time, and I started taking every shift that I could. You know what I'm talking about? I literally, any time I could work, if it was an hour, two hours, four hours, eight hours, I would take the shift if I could get it. And the next thing you know, I'm getting paychecks. And the second I got the paycheck, I'd run to the bank, and I'd run straight to the Northern Rose Guitar Shop. And I'd hand the owner 120 bucks, 70 bucks, 90 bucks, whatever I could get, I would give to him. And finally, I had about $1,100 paid off in like three or four months. And I came in to give him this check, and he says, Matt, you want to take that guitar home today? I was like, are you serious? He says, I, I trust you that you'll come in and pay the rest of it off. And he's like, but you've been faithful to come in day in and day out and pay for this. And man, I'm, I was so excited. He put it in this case that had this beautiful pink velvet and it's all like custom fit to the guitar. And I walked out and I was so proud 
of this guitar. Man, I, I, smiling ear to ear, I couldn't wait to go home and play it and show people. And, and then I got to my guitar and I literally seat belted it in, you know, talking about like, yeah, this thing's worth more than my car. And, and uh, I was so proud of this guitar. I worked for this guitar and it was valuable to me, so I treated it well. Church, could you imagine if we worked with the same fervor for the ultimate gift and the reward of Jesus? If we put in that same fervor into his word of knowing him, of being in his presence, imagine the reward and how proud we'd be of knowing him even greater. I believe that we would work harder for him, that we would truly receive the reward that he desires and the fullness of that. Come on, amen? Describe worth unto the worthy one because he ultimately gave us the ultimate value and bought us with the high price of the blood of Jesus. That's worship. And so Aaron asked me to preach and worship this morning, and we've been using three words lately, and that we're really, hey, we're, we're, we're fine-tuned. We are, we are tuned into these three things. Worship, word, and prayer. Worship, word, and prayer. You've heard us say it over and over again. Worship, word, and prayer. And so today I want to kind of just share with you what worship is. I've been the worship pastor here for 14 years. I'll never forget the, the phone call Aaron called me to ask me to join him in starting this West Campus and be a worship pastor. It was like 30 people going in this tiny little gym inside of Explorer Elementary School. And when we came, we had this band uh, that was leading worship there, and they were awesome. But they only were there for like three months to get it going until they found somebody. And so I come in, and, and Aaron's like, man, it's going to be awesome. We're going to build a worship team. I'm like, cool, who do we have? And he's like, nobody. I'm like, awesome. I'm like, no. He's like, I don't know, but isn't it great? I love Aaron's like, you know, he's such a positive dude, but in this moment, I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> like, we just went from this awesome worship team, this, to like me on a guitar that nobody knows, and it just seemed weird and awkward, and, and what he meant by this is, isn't it great that we get to strip everything away and have the foundation to build true worshipers in? And I'll never forget how, what God's done. I looked today, Ryan stepped in and said, hey, can I play some guitar since you're preaching? And I was like, cool, let me hand it off. Like, that was unheard of. Now we have over 50 people in our worship teams that go throughout the city, that pour into other churches, that are part of other ministries, that truly have a heart of worship like I've never seen. There's been prophetic words spoken over Reliance Community Church that this is a gateway to the city of a prophetic worship ministry that is going forth and setting a foundation into the city of Wichita and the state of Kansas that is ultimately overflowing into the entire nation. Come on, amen? We're seeing worshipers raise up, not of talent, because the truth is, is musicians are dime a dozen. But worshipers are another thing. I'm proud to say that I get to serve this community and just share and teach what worship is. But what the reality and what God has shown me is worship isn't about this platform. The older I get, the less I actually enjoy this. But the more I enjoy seeing people come to the full identity of sons and daughters. That's what worship is. A true heart of worship is developing that. And so, if you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to turn to John chapter 4. 
Today's going to be a little bit different. As I was, Aaron asked me to teach on worship, I, I happened to, my devotion, John chapter 4 was my devotion on Monday, and he asked me to do this like Monday afternoon, and I just, it was awesome, because God was like, hey, I'm just going to remind you of this beautiful little story, and I was going to read it this morning, but the truth is, is um, it was going to take me like five minutes just to read this whole story, and I wouldn't do it justice. And so as I was doing this, it reminded me of, have you ever seen the Chosen series, anybody? It is so good. If you have not seen it, please make it a priority this week because it just stirs us. It's God's scripture in, in this visible image. It's beautiful. And so today, instead of me reading this, I'm just going to ask us to watch this video. But before we do, I just want to pray that we would just receive what God has for us. Is that cool? Father, we thank you for this day. It truly is a beautiful day that you created it as a gift God, we thank you for your word and how it speaks a better word. God, we thank you for your blood of Jesus poured out, that it speaks a better word. God, we thank you that your truth is absolute. It divides soul and spirit. And God, it reveals your kingdom in your heart. And so God, I just pray that we would truly have ears to hear and hearts to receive today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you guys watch this? Would you give me a drink? you hear me? That's bad, huh? What? You, a Jew, ask her to drink from me a Samaritan and a woman. I'm sorry. I should have said please. You know, it's not safe for you to be alone out here. Nor you. Why haven't you come with others? Why so late in the day? Don't women come to the wells in the, the cool of the morning? Yeah, well, none of them will be seen with me, so I have to come at noon in the heat, as you have so kindly reminded me. Why won't they be seen with you? Long story. I, I'd still like a drink of water if, if you can spare it. Amazing what a parched throat will do. Aren't I unclean to you? Won't you be defiled by this vessel? Maybe some of my people say that about your women, but I don't. Yeah? And what do you say? I say if you knew who I am, you'd be asking me for a drink. Really? And I would give you living water. Would. Except that you have nothing to draw water with, and this is a deep well. Besides, what do you need from me if you have your own supply of living water? Wrong story. But Jewish water is better than Samaritan water. Hmm? That's not what I said. Are you a better man than our ancestor Jacob, who dug this well? Your water is better than his? I know, Jacob. And everyone who drinks this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks the water that I give him will never be thirsty again. Wouldn't that be nice? The water I give will become in a person a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Really? Yes, really. Prove it. First, go and call your husband and come back. The husband? You are right. You've had five husbands. And the man you're living with now it's not your... Uh, oh, I see. You're a prophet. You're here to preach at me. Not here to condemn you. I've made mistakes. 
Being here alone is I can escape being condemned. I'm not here to condemn you. I've made mistakes. Too many. But it's men like you who have made it impossible for me to do anything about it. How? It's for true worship. They say that because the temple is there. Yeah. Exactly where we're not alone. Mountain, nor in Jerusalem. And the time is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. So, where am I supposed to go when I need God? I've never received anything from God, but I couldn't thank Him even if I did. Anywhere. God is spirit. And the time is coming and is now here that it won't matter where you worship, but only that you do it in spirit and truth. Heart and mind, that, that is the kind of worshiper he's looking for. It won't matter where you're from or what you've done. Do you believe what I'm telling you? Until the Messiah comes and explains everything and sorts this mess out, including me, I don't trust in anyone. You're wrong when you say that you've never received anything from God. This Messiah you speak of, I am he. The first one was named Ramin. You were a woman of purity was excited to be married, but he wasn't a good man. He hurt you, and it made you question marriage and even the practice of your faith. Stop it. The second was Farzad. On your wedding night, his skin smelled like oranges. And to this day, every time you pass by the oranges in the market, you feel guilty for leaving him because he was the only truly godly man you've been with. Why are you doing this? I have not revealed myself to the public as the Messiah. You are the first. It would be good if you believed me. You picked the wrong person. I came to Samaria just to meet you. <laughs> Do you think it's an accident that I'm, I'm here in the middle of the day? I am rejected by others. I know, but not by the Messiah. And you know these things because you are the Christ. Everyone. I was counting on it. <laughs> Spirit and truth. Spirit and truth. It won't be all about mountains or temples. Soon. Just the heart. <laughs> you promise. I promise. This man told me everything I've done. Oh, he must be the Christ. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.
what, dear? You forgot your um. Anybody messed up? Those with ears, let them hear. Eyes, let them see. Friday, I played this video in my office, and I'm just bawling tears, joy. Because this is the gospel through and through. Come on, amen? I'll try to hurry through this. Time flies when you're having fun, you know what I'm saying? few things I just want to point out. What a beautiful, beautiful story. John chapter 4. So much more than just, man, it is the gospel. Fuzzy feeling, compassionate story. Man, it is the gospel. Jews absolutely hated and despised the Samaritans and vice versa. They saw them as unclean, not as good. They, Jews avoided Samaria and went around it, even though it was the direct path from Jerusalem to, to Galilee, because they didn't like these people. When the Babylonians conquered the southern kingdom of Judah, they took almost all the population captive and then left the lowest of low there. They didn't want them to even be associated with Babylonia. They left them there. These are the lowest, the lowest, the ones that were in poverty and just nobody liked. Those are, this is the, the community of the Samaritans. They were left there and started to intermarry and became their own region known as the Samaritans. I'm guessing there's not good blood there. You know what I'm saying? They don't associate with the unclean and the unworthy. Jesus takes and he, he's, he goes in the mid part of the day. It's hot. I've been to Israel. It's literally, I find it interesting. In John chapter 1, hot. He shows his full humanity in this moment. I find it interesting. In John chapter 1, we see this very beautiful scripture. Look at this. John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been seen or has been made. In him was life, and that life was, the, was of the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. In the beginning was the word. His name is Jesus. John is showing the full divinity of, God, of Jesus in this moment. And through John chapter 1 and 2 and 3, we see Jesus is fully God. And in this moment, we see Jesus human of a basic need of water that we need every single day. This, this young lady has to go get because she needs her daily water to just live, her need, right? And yet Jesus goes, man, I'm, I'm hot, I'm tired. Would you get me a drink? I just love how he, he uses these basic... See, church, we're in a kingdom value of the living water of who he is. See, church, the reason this is important is because Jesus went specifically for a reason to Samaria to meet this woman at the well who people found of no value. She's questioning. She, you see it in this, in this image and these things. Like, do you, you must, man, you must be really thirsty. Your mouth must be parched if you're asking me. Aren't I unclean? And Jesus is like, 
I'm sorry, maybe I should have been more polite. Please. <laughs> I love that. He's intentional about everything he does. He desires the best part of Jesus. He's, he's intimate. Come on, amen? The best part of worship is God desires to, to see the fullness of God. That we would be with him and understand him and know his heart, know his thoughts. And so we get to John chapter 4, 20, verse 26. And this woman says this, Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on the mountain nor in Jerusalem will worship the Father. Your worship, you worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming, and it is here now when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know the Messiah is coming, he who is called the Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all of these things. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he, the Messiah. See, church, they're standing at Jacob's well on this mountain where Jacob used to build altars and worship, and she's like, but you Jews say this isn't even good enough for you. We have to worship in Jerusalem in the temple. And Jesus just beautifully declares, salvation comes from the Jews. You worship what you do not know, but we worship what we know. He's literally about to foretell. You have to worship the Messiah. You have to worship in spirit and truth. I love this part where it's about the heart. That's what God desires. So what does it mean to worship in spirit? To say that we must worship God in spirit means, among other things, that it must originate from within. It has to be from the heart. It must be sincere, motivated by our love for God and gratitude for all that he is and all that he's done. Come on, someone say amen. It's not religion. It is the Holy Spirit who awakens in us the understanding of God's beauty and splendor and power. It is the Holy Spirit that stirs into a celebration within us to praise his holy and worthy name. It is the Holy Spirit who opens our eyes to see and savor all that God is in Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit who, I hope and pray, orchestrates the very services that happen here at Reliance Community Church. It's the Holy Spirit who stirs us to worship. Circumcision, who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Jesus Christ and put, in Christ and put no confidence in our flesh. We are people of spirit. John Piper says, true worship comes only from spirits made alive and sensitive by the quickening of the Spirit of God. Church, this is what it's all about. It's presence-based worship, to worship with all of our being and all of who we are. Romans 12.1 says, to offer ourselves as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to the Lord, for this is our spiritual act of worship. 
Jesus offered his life as a, as a sacrifice for you and I so that we could come alive in the fullness of who he is so that we could offer ourselves as a living sacrifice for him, holy and pleasing. A living sacrifice is a life sold out to him, glorifying Christ in every word that we say and every action that we take. Come on, amen? Come alive, church, amen? You want to know what? Karen, come here. Give me a hug. This girl worships. Come on, amen? Week in and week out, I'm watching you over here this morning passionately praising God. She has a ministry to, to, to worship with the gift that God's given her from the heart within, the spirit of within that's only stirred by the spirit of God. Thankful for her and her ministry because she's worshiping in spirit. Come on. Let's give her a round of applause. Week in and week out, she just praises with every ounce of her being. What does it mean to worship in truth? True worship says Jesus is in spirit and truth. The truth part is plain enough with the coming of Jesus. The truth centers on his person and work. The one who is himself the truth. John 14, 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except for me. Jesus is the way, Jesus is the truth, and Jesus is the life. Come on, amen? And what it means to worship in that is knowing the foundation of everything was built on Jesus. It wasn't a fix to our mistake. He is, was, and always will be the answer. And everything that we worship in as believers, as sons and as daughters, has to worship in that truth. We can't find these gray lines and start to, to compromise in our beliefs because the world is shifting in a different way. We have to be rooted in the truth of Jesus Christ first and foremost. Come on, amen? We also have to be rooted in the message of truth is the gospel. Colossians 1.5 says, because of the, the gospel. Of this you have heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel. We have to be founded and rooted in Scripture, church. We have to know God. We have to be trans and we worship according to this. Our minds have to be transformed by this. We have to begin to think and pray and believe this and worship in that truth. Because if we're not, we're not worshiping the same God. God has to be worshiped in spirit and in truth, and that's exactly what it means to worship in spirit and in truth. And what I love about this story is what I said. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. I don't want to run out of time, and I'll be mindful of that. The truth is, we were out of time, but whatever. Aaron doesn't care every week. Why should I? Sometimes it's fun to have the microphone, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> This is the gospel. This is the gospel through and through. This is a story of you and I. We're no different than the Samaritan at the well. Come on. Jesus goes out of his way against the social norm, against all of the normalities. He forgets the hate. He does those things, and he shows absolute love in everything that he does. That's who he is. He is love. He's the author and founder of it. He's perfected it, and he shows it every single day. He does it again and again and again and again and again. 
And I believe he'll do it again and again and again and again. And coronavirus or no circumstance will ever form against us. And there is no weapon that will prosper against his people because he is for us. He is not against us. The truth is, is he has spoken a better word over you and for I. And as long as we receive that, we can walk in the fullness of it. And there is no fear that will come against this heart. Because the truth is, is he desires to reveal that through us by our worship. By a lifestyle sold out for him. Of worshiping with all of our heart. Because the truth is, is he showed us his value with all of his. Come on. He made us in his likeness, church. We are exactly like the Father if we walk as living sacrifices, pleasing to Him. If we crucify our flesh. He goes out of His way to meet this woman. And she says, all these people condemn me daily. I'm not even allowed to come to this water hole with them every morning. Day of my shame. I'm reminded every single day in the heat of this, and I'm reminded every day of my shame. I'm reminded every day of my burdens. She says, I came here for you. This was no accident. I didn't come here in the heat of the day because I need this drink. I die. In the day to offer you living water, it will never run dry. And the best part is, church, is this. It doesn't matter where we've been or the things that we struggle with or the burdens that we pick up every day. Depression and discouragement, well said, man, I've had this season where I've struggled and I'm just gonna be honest. I have this depression and discouragement welling up inside of me. We've all been there. This is a woman who lives this every single day. And God says, I don't judge you by any of those things. I came to free you from it. And so he says, I'm rewriting your history. I'm giving you a destiny and it will forever change you. You will never be the same. I am the Messiah. Jesus, mountaintops, and declared King of Kings. He could have went to the temples. He could have went to the mountaintops and declared because he has all authority on heaven and earth and he could declare, I am the Messiah. A lowly sinner to reveal that he is the Messiah for the first time. She says, I'm going to tell everybody. He's like, I hope so. I sure hope so. She came to that water hole burdened and ashamed of her history. She left it declaring, he knows everything about me. There's nothing that we hide from the king of kings. There's nothing that we hide from the one who redeemed us by his blood. There's nothing that we can hide in the, in the darkness or the shame because he came to give us freedom for the where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And he wants us to worship in that spirit. Come on, church. So I've watched him do it again and again and again. I've watched him do it in people like AJ and Lance and Ryan and all, all of them. I've seen this, this beauty of things. I've seen students come to a heart of worship. It's not about music. It's not about the thing. It's about a true heart of everything in our being, worshiping our Creator. In November, I saw it happen to a young man. Blew my mind. 
This is a young man who's popular. He's athletic. He has everything going for him. He's an incredible football player, incredible baseball player, playing varsity and at a young age. And man, he's, he's just, you know, he carries himself well and confident. Could you imagine being a teenager today? I'm not talking about coronavirus and online school. I'm talking about YouTube and social media and all the things that is vying for our flesh, vying for our worship. And I see this young man and as he comes, I was gonna be honest, I was a little nervous about some of the kids that were coming because sometimes when popular kids come, you know, they, they, they start to, they, they feel like they need to perform maybe a little bit or, or stand out or carry a certain persona about them. I was one of those kids. I used to think that I had to, I couldn't let my guard down, right? And from the very beginning of the first day, I see him in the front row and he's just raising his hands. He's jumping, he's excited. And I'm like, man, that's really cool. The second night, the same thing, but he's engaging a little bit more and he's starting to jump a little bit. He's getting excited. I'm like, man, God's good. Third day, we take down all the speakers and we take down all the lights and there's just fluorescent lights around, nothing special. There's a couple acoustic guitars and I just start to remind these students who they are in Jesus. Their sonship that Aaron talked about last week. That Jesus did all this so that we would carry the identity of kingdom on us. That we'd be sons and daughters of the Father Most High. <laughs> and as I challenge these kids in the gospel and who they are in that truth, we just spread out through the rooms and we turn off all the lights and I just say, just have your time before the Lord. Worship Him with everything that you are. I challenge you and watch Him shift and transform your life. And students all over the room are just they're bowed before them, they're raising their hands, receiving for the first time, and you just see these real encounters happening. And one of the young men I went over to pray for, and it's this man that I, this, this young man I was just talking about, and he's just sitting here, and he's wailing, and he's shaking, and he's just glorifying Jesus. And I pray over him, and he just has this moment, and he can't stop, and it's just beautiful. And anyway, we, we release and we go back to our, 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 our cabins and we start packing up. And so Caleb's bringing his stuff, his, his uh, sleeping bag and stuff to the car. And I'm walking with him. I said, man, Caleb, wasn't that good? That's what Caleb says, my son. He's running the camera back. He turns 16 tomorrow. Give him a hard time. Um, he says this. I said, Caleb, isn't God good? That's what Caleb says. Daddy's so good. It just breaks down crying. He's so good. Dad, I watched him encounter my friends. This is what I've been praying for. Now I'm crying. I told Darcy, I think I'm losing my testosterone or something because I'm crying all the time. But the truth is, is God's just captured my heart. I don't care about that stage. I care about people receiving their identity as sons and daughters. I care about people truly worshiping in spirit and truth. And so church, I say this, I don't want to have the best worship band in town. I want to be a church known of full of worship, worshiping in spirit and truth. For that's the one the fathers are looking for. The father is looking for. And this is the best part about this whole thing. Jesus, God, he's so good. Or Caleb, God is so good. This is what I've been praying for. This is what this young man gives me a call later that night and just says, Matt, thanks for the reminder of who I am in Jesus. I forgot. 
I had an encounter with him that will forever change my life. I just want to say, man, thank you for encouraging us. And church, I say all this because this is the truth. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter how jacked up your history is. It doesn't matter any of those things. God's blood speaks a better word over you and for me to everyone, and we are called to abide in it. It's what it means to worship in the presence of the Lord. To all of our spirit, with all of our mind, rewriting the things of flesh and the things of world that is constantly vying for our attention, and to worship Him in the very truth of Jesus Christ. And guess what? It starts to shift everything that we know. Because our mouth will always overflow where our heart is full of. Come on, amen? That's Luke. We will overflow what our hearts full of. I'm going to ask Jake Stimmo to come up. Aaron, can I borrow that mic real quick? Jake Stimmo is presence worship dude. This man is a father in the city of worship. And I don't mean music. I mean truly raising up people to go after the heart of worship. I just asked him, would he pray over our congregation, over our city, that we would truly desire this heart to be worshipers of spirit and truth. And then we're just going to sing it and proclaim it. Is that all right? Come on. Yeah, why don't we stand? Jesus, you are the worthy one. Jesus, we just thank you. I think we can all see in that picture of John 4. we just thank you and we worship you today God I pray that we would so get this this is everything Jesus this is everything if we could worship you like this like you invited us to God we would leave we would leave the water we would leave the broken empty vessels that we would run and tell everyone and share with everyone, Jesus. So I pray, God, this just touches my heart. Matt, and I just thank you for wrecking me again and again, Jesus, because you are a well that never runs dry. You're a well that comes again and again, Jesus. So I pray that you would gift this church with tears. You would gift each and every student here with just tears that flow for your kingdom, God. God, and I just, I heard this last night. Bob just spoke this into my heart, God, that that missions exist because worship doesn't. God, would you break our hearts to be greater lovers, greater worshipers of you. Jesus, that we would be so okay with coming and crying in front of a room full of people because it doesn't matter, Jesus, because you are so worthy. You are so worth it. Jesus, we just thank you for what you're doing in this hour. God, that we are so gifted with living in this moment of history where we get to worship you no matter what comes our way. Jesus, we will be the ones that stand and say, Jesus, you are the one that's worthy. You are the king. You are the one that we want to adore and worship with every moment, every second, 
every day that we've been given, God. So would you, Jesus, right now, do this in our hearts. Would you do this surgery in our hearts, God, that we would just be wrecked for your kingdom and not our kingdom. God, there's so much, Jesus, you, so much in this culture just trying to be worshipped. But Jesus, you, you, you're pure and holy and mighty, God. And so we just look to you right now, Jesus, and we just purify our hearts. Jesus, that we would see your truth that we heard today and that we would worship you in spirit. That we heard your truth today. 1 Corinthians 4.20 says that your kingdom is a kingdom not of talk, but of power. What that woman heard that day was power. It changed everything. So Jesus, do that in us. Do that in this church and do that in this city. God, we don't want to just settle for the things that we've settled for the last decade. God, we want what what you're about to pour out. God, we invite this in this season, Jesus, that we would be those who worship in spirit and in truth, Jesus. Yeah, Jesus, just do it in our hearts. Thanks for listening today. If you want to find out how to get involved, go to reliancecommunity.org.